أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان اللائن الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصا على سيد المصطفى وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين وصحابته الغر الميامين وعلى كل من تمسك بسنته وحكم بشريعته إلى يوم الدين أما بعد we give all praises and thanks to Allah Azza wa Jal. We send salutations and blessings upon the noblest messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam on his blessed household, his illustrious companion and on all those who follow the path of righteousness until the last day. May Allah make us of them. May Allah make us of them. May Allah make us of them. This is your brother Idris Muhammad Madugu. And inshallah, this is going to be the lesson 7 of our series of the great book Al-Usul Al-Salasa, authored by Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, Rahimahullahu Ta'ala. In our last or in our previous episode, we looked at the we looked at uh, Al-Qadr where we explained the concept of Al-Qadr, what it means, and we, we clarified some of the misconceptions people have about the concept of Al-Qadr. And we stated the, the, the records very clear, inshallah, Azza wa Jal. We wrapped it up by the ayah that Allah Azza wa Jal said, or where Allah Azza wa Jal said, Inna kulla shay'in khalaqnahu bi Qadr. That verily we have created everything with Qadr. So today, inshallah, we are going to look at another important lesson as part of the martaba, the various levels of Islam, the various levels of faith in this beautiful religion of Al-Islam. And that will be Al-Martabatul Thalitha, Al-Martabatul Thalitha, the third level of faith as far as the religion of Al-Islam is concerned. And I will be very, it will be very important, I state, that in order to understand these lessons, you need to go and you need to look out for the previous lessons because they are, connect, they are interconnected. Understanding previous lessons helps you to understand the next one and the next one and even this one and even the one that comes. That's very important reminder for, for all of us, inshallah. So this martaba is al-ihsan. Al-Ihsan, that's the level we are going to look at. Al-Ihsan has been literally translated as excellence. Excellence, that's the, the literal, one of the meanings it has as far as, you know, literacy or Arabic language is concerned and linguistically. But it is also a concept in Islam and it is a level of faith in Islam. It says, Ruknun Wahidun, Al-Ihsan as a level of faith has only one pillar. Unlike, the pil unlike Islam that has five pillars and Iman that has six pillars, Al-Ihsan has just one pillar. Wahua and it is an that you should worship Allah Azza wa Jal as if you are seeing him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, if you are not seeing him, if therefore you are not seeing him, and of course you cannot see him, then verily he sees you. So, 
simply put, Alehisan is a certain level where a person reaches a person reaches the, the level of Ihsan and he begins to pray to Allah Azza wa Jal. And if you should look at a person, it is as if the person is seeing the one he is worshipping. That is the level of commitment. That is the level of, you know, deep relationship he has with Allah Azza wa Jal. To the extent that when he is worshipping Allah and you are looking at him or her, you begin to observe as though this person is seeing the one he is worshipping. فَإِنْ لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ If you do not see him, which means, if, which means even though he is not seeing Allah Azza wa Jal, فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكَ Then verily he sees you. This simply means verily that particular person is fully convinced that Allah Azza wa Jal is seeing him even though he is not seeing Allah Azza wa Jal. So that is briefly about Ihsan. Ihsan is the highest level of God consciousness where a person lives his whole life as though he is seeing Allah Azza wa Jalla. He lives his whole life believing firmly that Allah is looking at everything he is doing. So this is the highest level of God consciousness where a person becomes so you know, diligent in whatever he does. And the, the result of this diligence, the result of this God consciousness is excellence. You realize that he does everything, he wants to, he wants to pursue excellence in whatever he does. So that is why some of the scholars define the word ihsan to mean excellence. MashaAllah. So even if it is research you are conducting, Islamic research, you would have to maintain excellence in whatever you do. There should be justice, there should be adherence to ethics, there should be morality, there should be cross-examination of information before putting it across. Just like Allah Azza wa says in Ja'akum Fasikum Binaba in Fatabayanu that when the evil mongers brings to you information or bring to you information, Fatabayanu, you will have to cross-check the information. So this became a, ma- a principle in Islam that everyone, every Muslim, every believer should make sure they do Tabayanu, they should always cross-check to confirm whatever they are doing. So against this background, it will be wrong for a Muslim to be passing information across when he doesn't validate that particular information. You are just there and you realize that information is passing about someone engaged in some crime. And you, you, you didn't verify. And you just started start spreading it. Allah says, You might end up harming people out of ignorance because you ignored you ignored, you didn't verify. Allah said you might end up putting some people in danger, putting the lives of some people in danger. And you would wake up one day and find yourself among the regretful, that you, are, you have regretted for engaging in such an act that, that lacks diligence, that lacks excellence. What dalil and a proof that, that backs the concept of ihsan, that Allah is seeing us and that we should also behave as such, this is a statement of Allah Azza wa Jalla, or the saying of Allah Azza wa Jalla in the Quran. Inna Allah ma'alladheena taqaw. Verily, Allah is with those who fear Him. Walladheena hum muhsinoon. And those who are muhsinoon. They are the people of ihsan, the people of excellence. So Allah Azza wa Jalla is with those people. Allah Azza wa Jalla is with them. With his sight, with his knowledge, with his hearing, Allah Azza wa Jalla is with them. Allah Azza wa Jalla sees all that they do. So this is a clear proof 
that Allah Azza wa sees whatever we do and that we should worship Allah Azza wa believing strongly, believing clearly with conviction that Allah Azza wa is seeing us. Just like Ihsan says, and ta'abud Allah ka'annaka tarahu, you should worship Allah as though you are seeing him, but illam takun tarahu, though you, don't, you are not seeing him, fa innahu yarak, and you are absolutely convinced that he sees you. That is Ihsan in brief. وَقَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى And also the saying of Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى الْعَزِيزِ الرَّحِيمِ Therefore, depend upon the most exalted, that is Allah Azza wa Jal, Ar-Rahim, the most merciful. Therefore, depend on Him. الَّذِي يَرَاكَ هِينَ تَقُومِ He is the one who sees you at the time you rise for salat, he is looking at you at the time you rise for salat. He sees you at the time you rise up or you stand in prayer. And you're turning your movements that you make amongst the sajideen, the people who are making prostration. So if you are rising to perform salat, Allah Azza wa is seeing you. And if you are making movements in your salah, the prostration you make, the ruku you make, the tashahud you make, the various du'as you are reciting, Allah Azza wa Jal, His attention is on you. Allah Azza wa Jal has you, you know, under His sight. Allah Azza wa Jal sees everything you are doing. So you must always have it in mind that what you are doing is important to Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah Azza wa Jal is giving you importance. And therefore you must also accord the highest level of importance to the particular act of worship you are doing. Innahu huwa sami'ul alim. Verily, he is the all-hearing and he is the all-knowing. Wa qawluhu ta'ala. And he's saying, he, Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa ma takunu fi sha'nin. Allah is telling the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to us, that wa ma takunu fi sha'nin, that you... You will not. You have not engaged in a matter, or you are not engaged in a certain matter. Wama tatlu minhu min Quranin, and you have not read the Quran, or you are not reading the Quran. Wala ta'lamuna or wala ta'maluna min amalin, and you will not engage in any act, any ibadah, illa kunna alaykum shuhudan, except that. We, in other words, Allah Azza wa Jal using the majestic we, kunna alayhi shuhudan. Allah Azza wa said, we are witnesses to what you are, do, to what you are doing. Is it a, mat, a certain matter you are engaged in? Is it the, you know, qira'ah of the Quran you are doing? Is it a certain act of ibadah you are rendering? Allah Azza wa Jal says, whatever you are doing, he is a witness to that particular thing. And Allah Azza wa Jal says, He is shuhudan, a witness over that particular thing you are doing. Is to fiduna fi, is to fiduna fi, you know, at that particular time you are actually involved in that act of worship. Allah Azza wa Jal says, He is a witness to, to it. What dalil min sunnah? And now another proof in the Sunnah. When we say Sunnah, there is a need for us to clarify what the Sunnah is all about. Sunnah is basically three things. The first of them, as we have explained before, 
I will explain it again for its relevance. The first of the Sunnah are the Aqwal Rasul, the saints of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, the things he said. It's the narrations that were recorded from him. So that will be classified under a hadith. That will be classified under a hadith. And the second leg of the Sunnah, or the second branch of the Sunnah, are the actions of the Prophet Muhammad, the things he did. The things he did becomes his Sunnah. But there is also need for us to know that not all, not all what the Prophet did, you know, it's a Sunnah deserving our practice, or it's a Sunnah that we should practice. There are a few limitations to what Sunnah we should practice and what Sunnah we shouldn't practice. For example, Allah Azza wa Jal gave the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, the permission to marry more than four. But the Muslim, Allah Azza wa Jal limited you to only four with very strong conditions. May Allah Azza wa Jal grant us understanding. So a Muslim would not say, because the Prophet married more than four, I can also go ahead and do what? Marry more than four. That would be contradictory. That would be a travesty of the Sharia of Allah Azza wa Jal. We are going to look at a dalil, a reason, a, a proof from the sunnah of the Prophet In other words, from the hadith. It says, Hadith Jibreel al-Mashhur. It is the hadith of Jibreel, the popular. It means the popular hadith of Jibreel. And Umar ibn al-Khattab. That was narrated by Umar ibn al-Khattab. Umar, the son of Khattab, radiyallahu anhu. Qala, he said, Baynama nahnu julusun inda nabi He said, one day, while we were sitting with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِذْ عَلَيْنَا رَجُلٌ He said, all of a sudden, one gentleman appeared or approached us. We saw a certain one gentleman coming towards where we are sitting. شَدِيدُ بَيَاضِ thiyab. His clothes are exceedingly white. The dress this gentleman was wearing are extremely white in color. Shadidu Sawadi Shaar. And when I looked at him, I realized his hair are extremely black in color. The texture of the hair is so deep. You could see that this hair is really the thick black hair kind of thing. It is glowing. The black in it is glowing. That is the description of Malaika Jibril in human form. As as Sayyidina Umar who saw him with, with other companions and the Prophet himself Sallallahu He said, we do not see or you will not see on him any signs of journeying. Usually when a person embarks on a journey, he becomes a little dirty. He becomes a little dusty. He becomes a little sweaty. He sweats. He, amass, he absorbs some dust. And he feels a little tired and disheveled, right? But this particular man we saw, no signs of genuine were seen on him. And he's a stranger. How did he come here and all of a sudden he looks so new, so fresh, so clean? In fact, he said, None of us knows him. None of us know him. We have never seen him before. That's what it means. Then he came directly to the Prophet Muhammad This gentleman, Jibreel السلام, He came directly to the Prophet And sat down Then he brought his knees closer to that of the Prophet He placed his palms 
on the ties of the Prophet or on his own ties, depending on how you look at the translation. Waqala and he said, This man said, Ya Muhammad, O Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, akhbirni anil Islam. Teach me about Islam. I want you to teach me something about Islam. What is Islam, if I may ask you, O Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Qala, the Prophet said, and tashhada, Islam is that you should testify, and la ilaha illallah, that there is no God worthy of worship except Allah, wa anna Muhammadan Rasulullah, and that Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is a messenger of Allah. And you should establish the prayer, the five daily prayer in this case. And you should give the obligatory charity, the zakah. And you should fast Ramadan, fast the month of Ramadan. And you should observe the pilgrimage to the house of Allah if you are capable of doing so. In other words, physically. Mentally, spiritually, financially, and all the other important stuff. Ilayhi sabila. Doing so for the sake of Allah Azza wa If you have the means towards this particular hajj, you would have to observe it. Qala. Then this man, this questioner said, So doctor, you have spoken the truth. This is the truth. Then Umar said, We became surprised. We, the Sahaba, sitting over there, we became surprised. He is asking him questions. He is asking the Prophet questions. And he is confirming the truth in what he is saying. How do you just come? We don't know you. You ask our Prophet a question. And the Prophet answered you. And you said the, the answer is true. This is strange. If this man does not look at look, look like a student at all. If he looks like a student, perhaps he will say, Wow, I didn't know this. But he said that is the truth. This is an indication that he knows exactly what he is asking. He said again, Akhbirni anil iman. Now teach me about iman. Tell me something about iman. Brief me, what is iman? The Prophet said, or he responded, and to Billah. Iman is to believe in Allah. And to believe in his angels. And his divinely revealed books. And his messengers. And the last day. The day of reckoning. And to believe in divine predestination. Both the good and bad of it. Both the good and bad of it. All emanate from Allah Azza wa Jal. He said. أَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِحْسَانِ Now, teach me about Ihsan. Tell me something about Ihsan. And whilst this, this conversation is ongoing, the Sahaba were looking on critically. In fact, Umar who was even recording every discussion to take, taking place in his mind. قَالَ When he asked the Prophet to, to, to teach him about Ihsan, the Prophet said, أَن تَعْبُدَ اللَّهَ كَأَنَّكَ تَرَهُ And this is where our attention should be because we are treating Ihsan. And now Malaika Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam says, teach me about Ihsan or tell me about Ihsan. The Prophet says, Ihsan is that you should worship Allah Azza wa Jal 
كأنك تراه as if you are seeing him فإن لم تكن تراه then if you are not seeing him Allah Azza wa Jal فإنه يراك then him Allah Azza wa Jal is seeing you verily Allah Azza wa Jal is seeing you so this particular part of the hadith explains to us explains to us what ihsan is all about as we have you know discussed discussed earlier Qala, the Prophet, now the angel Jibril said akhbirni an now tell me something about the day of judgment the exact day of judgment when it will come Qala, the Prophet responded or he said the one being questioned knows not or not, does not know more than the questioner. In other words, I, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu you are asking this question. I do not possess the knowledge of this particular information than you. You also know better that this particular day of Ta'a, Allah is the only one who knows. You know very well, right? So why asking me? That's exactly what this particular statement is trying to tell us. But the Prophet humbly said, the one being questioned does not know more than the questioner. I don't know. Just like yourself. Alright. Qala. Then the angel replied. He said, Akhbirni an amaratiha. Then, tell me something about its signs. If you don't know that particular day, no problem. Tell me about the signs. How we are able to tell that the day is near. Qala. The Prophet ﷺ said, Antalid al-amatu rabbataha. That's a slave girl would give birth to her mistress. The slave girl gives birth to her mistress. That situation where the slave becomes the master. And the master becomes the slave. We have explained this in the previous lesson, inshallah Azza wa Jal. And you are going to see the poor, the destitute, the naked, those who are walking naked in the world. These wretched people. Those people who are actually taking care of animals. They are taking care of animals. They are unnoticed in the world. This is referring to the ancient Arabs who were spread within the deserts, and today, Allah, the, the, the Prophet ﷺ is telling Jibreel ﷺ that such a time will come when you see these people, they are competing in building very tall houses. They will be competing in erecting tall buildings. Such a time of, in, in, you know, will come in the history of these people when they will become the richest of the rich. Today we have seen the pace at which the Arab world is developing. We have seen the tallest building is located in the Arab world. All these are signs and miracles of the noble Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Qala Then this, in this case, then, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu, Sayyidina Umar, he said, Then now he left. 
this particular gentleman, this questioner, he now finished. This is there. That was the end of his question. So he got up and then he left. Then we also tarried for a while with the Prophet Muhammad Then the Prophet Sallallahu said to us, he particularly addressed Umar, saying, Ya Umar, O Umar, Atadriman is Sail. Do you know who this questioner is? Do you know this man who just left here? Kulna. We said, Umar said, that we, we, we replied, Allah wa Rasuluhu a'lam. Allah and his messenger knows best. We do not know, in other words. Call the Prophet said, Haza Jibreel. This is Jibreel. This is the angel Jibreel who, had, who appeared to you in human form. Okay? This angel Jibreel. Atakumi. He just came to you. Yu'allimukum amradinukum. He has just come to teach you your religion. He just came to you in order to teach you something of your religion and Islam. That was a beautiful episode. That was a beautiful incident. Imagine how the Sahaba would feel that the Malaika Jibril came directly to them. He sat with them. He came there. He used a certain method, a certain approach to teach them their religion. And what is the approach? The approach of asking questions. So this hadith has a lot of wisdom. First of the wisdom is that the man who came was such a clean man. So this is an indication that any, and, and he came as a student to come and ask questions. So a lesson to students is that part of the ethics of learning is to be clean. To have very clean clothes on yourself. To be very clean. You shouldn't be disheveled. You shouldn't be disorganized. So that when you are sitting, you lose concentration. You lose focus. So that is one of the, 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 the lessons we can derive there as students of knowledge. Cleanliness is half of Iman. So the Malaika Jibril came to him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to learn. Or he presented himself as a student, or he acted as a student, so that students will understand one of the ethics of learning. And when he came, how did he sit? He sat just close to the Prophet Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We have seen it. Students who will always sit in the front seat would have the best of attention. So because he needs the best attention, he wants to really have a grasp of the concepts. He went very close to the teacher. It is very important for you to be closer to the teacher. Develop a close relationship with your lecturers, with your teachers. Because that is the way the, you, are, you are really going to absorb a lot from them. So this is another ethic of learning. We have seen that many of the students who will sit in front are, are, are so quick to grasp the concept because the teacher always keeps his eyes on them. And because they are there, they would hardly misbehave. They would hardly misbehave. This is something that is tried and tested, and it worked on many people. And the Prophet also, another, another lesson we would learn from this particular hadith is, is, is the, the, the approach. The approach the Malaika Jibril used. So even though he knows all these answers, but he knows that the other friends, the other colleagues, the other his, his colleagues, in this case the Sahaba, who are also students, and the Prophet is not a teacher, he knows the answer. He, Jibril salam, knows the answer, but he still decided to ask. Why? So that others will learn. So it's part of the learning approaches that you know something, but then you put it in the form of a question to the teacher so that others also benefit. So it is not always that you say, because I know the answer to this particular question, 
uh, when I when I attend the lecture sessions or when I go and sit at the circles of knowledge, I wouldn't ask this question because I already know it. No, you can ask so that others may also benefit. So that is some of the approaches to 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 learning. And questioning is also one of the ways to 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 actually acquire more knowledge because you realize when the Prophet ﷺ said he doesn't know about the Sa'ah, about the day of Qiyamah. He now, it now gave Jibril the chance to even ask another important question about the signs. And they have all learned about the signs of this particular day. So there is so much wisdom in this particular hadith. We can just reflect deeply on the hadith and it will derive a lot of wisdom, inshallah. So this, inshallah, will bring us to the end of today's session. We'll be looking at the Al-Usul Salit, the third fundamental. Yes, insha'Allah Azza wa Jal, which is Ma'rifatu Nabiyukum Muhammadin alayhi salatu wa salam. Knowing our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa salam. May Allah Azza wa Jal put barakah in the little that we have learned. May Allah Azza wa Jal grant us deeper understanding and increase us, increase us in beneficial knowledge and faith. And make us of the righteous both in the dunya and the hereafter. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi wa bil'alameen. Assalamu alaikum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.